I think ultimately, the more we can extend kindness and grace to ourselves as we go through this, the more that we will also do so outwardly. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am thrilled to welcome back to the show one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on. His name is Corey Blake, and he's the founder and CEO of Roundtable Companies, the publisher of Conscious Capitalism Press, speaker, artist, and storyteller. He previously starred in one of the 50 greatest Super Bowl commercials of all time. That was the Mountain Dew Bohemian Rhapsody, which I remember well. He's won 15 independent publishing awards, and he's been featured on the cover of the Wall Street Journal, as well as at the New York Times, USA Today, Inc. Magazine, Forbes, and Wired. Prior to RTC and CC Press, Corey earned his SAG union card by working eight days on David Fincher's Fight Club before starring in commercial campaigns for Fortune 500 companies, including American Express, Mitsubishi, Pepsi, Wrigley's Gum, Miller Beer, and Hasbro. He's also the creator of the Vulnerability Wall and the Vulnerability is Sexy card game. His documentary of the same name won the 2017 Addy and Hermes Award for branded content. We're dive very deep into that in his first episode, which was episode 88. So if you don't know the Corey Blake story, pause this one, go check that out and come back. But here we are today. Corey, welcome back to The Daily Helping. It is great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Dr. Richard. It's a real pleasure to be with you again. I enjoyed our last uh, conversation so much. As did I, and so I was so excited to see you magically pop back up on my on my schedule. And the work that you're doing has always been about helping the world, and now the world needs it more than ever. So talk to us about what you've been up to since the last time you were on the show. And then there's just a lot of really important things that we can talk about that people need to know during these challenging times with what's going on with COVID. Sure. Uh, One of our our clients that we started working with back at the very end of 2018, it's a company called PayActive. Um, and they're solving the paycheck to paycheck crisis in America, which um, as a as a fairly privileged uh, CEO of a company, uh, I really had had so little awareness of how hard um, folks have it. And so it's been um, about eighteen months of of huge education on uh, the lower wage worker and their plight and um, and just the, the the financial makeup of our country and the way that it um, is certainly privileged towards folks who are doing well and and um, and unfortunately creates a lot of suffering for for folks who are um, in that kind of bottom quartile so we've been doing a lot of work storytelling for them we released uh, that documentary um, on their behalf uh, it's called it's about time it's about changing the timing of pay and so I've been hugely immersed in that and then you know as the coronavirus came about, our users, of which there are about a million a month now, my goodness, the the stories that we were hearing about about how how amplified suffering 
was becoming within the, like we did the, our first survey on March 16th, we had 12,000 respondents and 42% of people had already had their hours reduced by then. And now we're recording this, you know, closer to the third week of April. So this is five weeks ago, 42% of these folks had already you know, taken a hit to their income and they're living paycheck to paycheck already. So, um, so that's been a huge piece of my life. Um, one of the reasons being that um, it was something to really dive my attention into once the coronavirus hit. Um, I would say that first um, couple of weeks when I started seeing how this was impacting the world, I was in a state of semi-shock and confusion. And then, and then the recognition of, oh, I need to contribute more here with PayActive, that became a, a, a safer place for me because I knew exactly what to do. Right, so I knew how to dive in and make a difference, and I could feel good at night. And in the absence of that, I was I was floundering for quite a while. So that's been a huge piece of my life. And then the one other piece that I'll offer is um, it's been really important to me during this time to remain open to what it, what is the universe calling me and our company to do right now to be of service to the world. And I was watching a number of my CEO friends struggling, grappling with that too. And some of them were starting to come up with answers. And I was sitting in that space of like frustration, confusion. Like, I feel like we're meant to do something more than our current business model. Like, what, are, what, are, what do we have to contribute? And I tested a lot of things and I played with a lot of things, but ultimately it was just remaining open. And about 10 days ago, I landed on it. And, um, and now our company is very focused on, on launching this next project that we're going to just extend out as a gift to people. It involves vulnerability and what's going on with the coronavirus. So that's those two things have had really the bulk of my attention. So you you are considered within the conscious capitalism world one of one of the pillars of that community. And as you've been talking to people, as you've been working with with individuals in large groups, with what's been going on in the world, what are some of the overall uh, themes and some of the the, the challenges, I mean, obviously we know the financial challenges, right? That's pretty obvious. But what are some of the, the themes and patterns that you've seen emerge and how, how are you advising people to deal with those? Well, you know, I have a, a kind of a unique perspective in that I'm part of you know, multiple communities. One of those communities is a younger CEO community where I saw a lot of the initial reaction was protect thyself, uh, protect, protect thy company, like lay off you know, extensively and quickly. Like it was, that was the whole dialogue in that community. And then in the conscious capitalism community, um, there's a tremendous amount of compassion for the worker. And I mean, middle of March, we were starting to hear about companies in our community that were laying off thousands of people and never thought they'd had to do it. So heartbroken that they, they did not know how to avoid it. And these are companies oftentimes that are trapped in that middle between um, the government stimulus for the Paycheck Protection Program, which is 500 employees or under, up to $10 million. And then uh, the big business bailouts you know, for airlines and hotel chains or whatever that's going to look like. Like there's these companies in the middle that maybe had 12,000 employees or 30,000 employees. Like, what were they going to do? So, so I, I, there was a lot of um, watching people grapple with some of those challenges. And and being a part of the, the, maybe I would say like the safe space to extend some grace to people who are having to choose between impossible options. 
um, and trying to do it with as much compassion and care as possible. So I've, I've been, um, if nothing else, inspired by my colleagues in the conscious capitalism community, the extent of thoughtfulness. Like as an example, Danny Meyer um, from Shake Shack, this, I think it was last night or this morning, it was just announced that they are returning the $10 million that they got through the Paycheck Protection Program because they were able to capitalize through the markets and raise some additional money to get through this. And they know that uh, there are plenty of businesses that did not get their funding because the government ran out of money for the program. So they announced they're returning their $10 million. Like That's such a conscious move to not hoard, even though they could. And according to the rules and regulations, they could keep that money. Uh, instead, they recognized that there, was, uh, there are other people who are suffering, and so they released that back out into the world. Those kinds of conversations and pulling strength from each other as a community while we're forced with making the most challenging decisions we've ever seen people have to make. We, we talked a little bit off air before we even started recording about you know finding one's calling and, and making sense of this for ourselves during this time. And, and I, I had wished I had hit the record button because it was so good, but I want to revisit it so that you could share it with everybody listening because it was, it was so powerful. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the challenge that I was feeling when I was in that space of, of not knowing, I, if I return to some of the thoughts, I mean, some of what was going through my head was like, what, why have I not been chosen? Like, why is it not my industry that has to step up and be heroic right now? Like healthcare has to be. Um, why was I not chosen, you know, to suffer through this disease? So there were some of those questions that were occurring for me at the same time that I was really just trying to keep my eyes open for um, how can we be of service to our community right now? How can we be of service? And my approach initially was to throw a lot at the wall. So I started doing some Facebook Live stuff, tried a variety of things. I did this thing for a few days. I called the lockdown report, which was kind of a more comedic, lighthearted look at some of what was happening. Like I had, <laughs> I had this whole stack of note cards where I was jotting down crazy stuff that I was hearing that was happening throughout the day. And then I would just you know, talk about it for a few minutes at night. And, and back then, you know, the world changing so fast right now, back then, it was like 10 surprises in a single day was not unusual. And I think now that's kind of lessening a little bit. At that time, you know, that's that's how I was making meaning, making sense. And then I started doing um, these purpose exercises that I've offered to companies and uh, and CEOs for several years now. I started doing live on Facebook, and uh, and we were starting to see some impact from that. And so you know, I'm also sitting in in the question: Okay, am I supposed to amplify that or, or do something different? And then uh, had this moment on a call. Uh, I'm part of this Stegen Leadership Academy where I've been studying for several years. It's a phenomenal community, over a thousand CEOs and presidents who have gone through those programs over the past 20 years. And they were doing a group, like they had found their calling. Their calling was to show up. And every Friday they started doing these hour-long calls for the community. And there would be two to 300 people who were showing up, all leading companies, all lots of employees like trying to make sense of this and figure this stuff out. And it was such an inspiring hour. It was like, it was just on fire. The first one, former foot, foot, former NFL football player um, named Andy Eby, who's become a great friend, now runs a company. He's got 65 locations at senior healthcare, uh, senior care aging facilities around the country. 3,000 employees, 3,000 
elderly folks who are who he's responsible for during this time. And he came on and talked. Uh, his thing was hashtag offense. Right, football guy like totally makes it. Like his thing was we can't sit back. Like what are we going to do to be out front? And they decided they were going to be the first senior care facility around the country to be 100% transparent about what's going on with coronavirus in every location. And that was like, you know, that was a galvanizing moment to hear that he found his thing and Rand Stegen, who had founded the Stegen Leadership Academy by hosting these calls, he found his thing. And I'm sitting on that call and had my moment of, wait, we've been offering these vulnerability art installations at these conferences and events. And they're all about taking us from isolation to connection. And they work so well. I mean, I've been just so moved and blessed to to be a part of contributing those in these environments, these conference environments where people come in and they're like, how am I different from everyone who's got a bigger company? All the garbage that happens in our heads. Like when you look at a vulnerability wall, all that goes away and we just become human, frail, fragile human beings sitting amongst each other, this one who's lost their company, this one who's wondering like, you know, at a personal level, who am I to put my plate down next to these people? This one who's like, uh, uh, my, my leadership capability intimidates my husband and I'm nervous about my marriage. Like these are some of my favorite entries over the years that are so humanizing. And I'm sitting on this call 10 days ago or so. And I had that moment of, oh, we need to do an art installation for the world right now to give people a safe place to anonymously share the things that they're terrified of, that they feel shameful for, share their hearts, give them that space, and then do what we do best, which is to reflect those thoughts back through art. So our artists are the ones who take those contributions and then turn them into a piece of art. Uh, So we're going to be doing that at a scale we've never done it before. We've always done it right at like... 16 feet wide, eight foot tall, which is a, a nice big art installation for, for you know, an event experience. But we're going to do something that has no size limitation and, uh, and we're going to solicit entries from all over the world just to give people a place to see what's this experience like from all these different doorways, right? Like our company is like 85% women. Um, we are uh, mostly... Caucasian. We have a bunch of uh, of our artists are Hispanic. Um, we have you know uh, some folks who are Asian, but but that means like we have very a very specific set of perspective on this, right? We don't have anyone in our in our company right now who has lost a loved one to coronavirus. We don't have that yet. We don't have. Anybody who had, like yesterday, I'm listening to NPR and, you know, the, the, one of the emergency workers is talking about 37 cardiac arrests that they had to tend to last week, one <laughs> week alone. Like, I mean, there's so much that we don't know when we're in our bubble. And so this is a project to help bring people into the totality of what is the human experience right now. And I'm pretty confident that that's our, our contribution to make during this very challenging time. I want to highlight that art installation and have links to all of that in our show notes so that people listening to this can get in on that as well, because that's such a powerful thing that you're doing. Thank you. The, the URL is united by COVID. Wow. I, it's, it's awesome. Easy to remember. And, but like I said, we'll link to it for sure. I yeah. appreciate that. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. 
For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. You know, one of the things that, that's also always fascinating during times of challenge, and this is obviously an unusual time of challenge, and, and it's different for a, in a lot of ways in that really, other than that woman I saw in the news that's 102 years old and was actually around during the Spanish influence of 1918, we've never experienced anything like this before. You know, we as, a, as an American society have experienced terrorism in 9-11, uh, we've experienced war, but... This is terrifying for people because we don't really know when or if it's going to end or if things will go back to the way that they were when this is over. And when we're sitting alone and we're sitting in our homes, what that often does is forces us to really think about who we are today. And you, you and I were sharing a little bit about identity and, and rediscovering one's identity during something like this. Corey, t- talk to us about that. Yeah, identity is is always has had my attention for a good twenty years now. Um, how, how do we see ourselves in the world? Uh, always been fascinated by that. Maybe maybe that was kicked off initially, you know, in, in my acting career. Uh, you know, when you're when you're establishing a character, there, there's this you know, sense of their identity. Um, so then, when I shifted over to business, I've always been fascinated with how people see themselves, how people see the essence of their own company, what's the identity of an organization. All of that, uh, I think, is not um, is not something we intuitively have access to. I think most of us probably think we do because we can tell a version of it around the dinner table. But how do we really share the essence of who we are and what we stand for in a way that our people can see us as a beacon in a world that's very cluttered? That question has, has always fascinated me. And storytelling to, has always been the, the solution to that challenge. So in many ways, I've been looking at this coronavirus experience from the perspective of what are the stories that we're telling ourselves right now? What are the stories that are driving my own behavior, behavior of people that I'm close with, um, the behavior of people who I don't know, but who I'm watching through the news or et cetera. And then asking the question of where are those stories in need of revision because they're they're not actually of service right now. And some of that can be, you know, the, the way that I'm filtering through the news and what's sticking with me and which rabbit hole I might fall down as I, you know, read one conspiracy theory or, or just one really vulnerable share that, you know, of, of someone who's suffering. I can, I can get pretty out of control. I got parents who are um, in a, an independent living community where there are some you know, diagnosed cases that makes me incredibly nervous. So all of that right, is this swarming, disorienting uh, experience of, 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 I don't know who I am amidst all of this. I'm the caring son, but, you know, but I haven't raced over there and pulled my parents out. I'm not forcing them to live with me to try to keep them safer. Like, what does that mean about me? Right, like, just all this head stuff. And 
what I've found through my own journey so far of, of this experience is that when I come back to the question of, of what, is my, what is my purpose, what are my values, and how am I meant to serve, uh, the spinning slows down and I can focus, I can be productive, and I can contribute. And that is this uh, perpetuate, self-perpetuating cycle. And in that two weeks prior to, to finding any of that clarity, uh, it was all disorientation and floundering around, potentially even hurting other people as I felt like I was drowning and like I might hang on to you and pull you under with me because I'm trying to get to air. Um, I think in many ways, the search for identity during something like this um, c- can be an experience of feeling like drowning. Now, you've been advising CEOs, uh, you know, and how to find this new identity. So, for somebody listening, give us a couple of, the, of those top strategies that people can use right now to try and make sense of this and their place in it. Yeah. I, uh, so, yeah, purpose work. I think. Um, is something that we do over a span of a longer period of time, right? So for we were trying to articulate our purpose as a company for 12 years before we landed on language that we really felt captured it. And what we landed on was our, our purpose is to help tell the story behind yours. 12 years it took to get there and versions before that were way more verbose, <laughs> um, right? So, so I think purpose is a constant investigation. It is almost a, a lifestyle choice to be in that space of inquiry. But awareness is, is such a key when it comes to purpose. Awareness has been said um, uh, is the differentiator between our default state and actually having choice. So watching ourselves through this crisis and trying to do it from outside of ourselves is incredibly helpful within you know, our, our drama and our fear. We can feel like uh, we're experiencing it from the inside, it is who we are. When in reality, if we can pull out and watch how we are meeting a situation, uh, we can recognize, oh no, who I am is actually the one who's watching the version of me that's spinning or falling down the rabbit hole or terrified. And by pulling out and being able to watch ourselves, uh, I think we can start to extend some grace to ourselves which is one of the first key pieces, I think, to, um, to finding purpose is we have, to, we have to let go of an agenda. We have to let go of our desire to achieve and just do our way out of it. And we have to get into a space of, of being. So pulling back and starting to watch and recognize, oh, I'm the one who's watching me freak out as opposed to I'm the one freaking out. No, I'm the one watching myself freaking out. and extending myself some grace. Wow, look at how I'm doing that. That's interesting. Getting curious about it instead of being in the drama of the emotion. Um, From that place of grace and observance, I can start to ask different questions. Oh, who is, who's that version of me that's showing up? What else is available? And if the universe was whispering a request to me, what are they, what are, what's the universe saying? That shift alone, for me at least, lis- listening for the whispering, because it's not often a battering ram to the face, <laughs> right? It's a, it's, it's a whisper of curiosity, of inquiry. So to, to some extent, it is the separating from self 
and the grace that brings us to a place where there's more stillness so we can hear the whisper. This is, this is, you know, some people might think of this as a rather woo-woo approach, and I totally get that. So for some people, you know, this is a less comfortable way of, uh, of approaching it. To get more literal with it, you know, I mean, people could literally go to roundtablecompanies.com slash purpose, and I have a purpose meditation. I walk people through where there's a, an extra, a writing exercise that is just awesomely revealing. But ultimately, it is, uh, I think, um, uh, listening to ourselves, and looking at, like if we're a business leader, let's say, if we've got a company, company has all of these assets. And this is, this is a time to look at all those assets and say, does the world need us to configure these in a different way right now? Right? Where, where is there, uh, if this is all the things that we have to offer, and this is typically the construct that we offer it through, well... Maybe certain parts of the world need for more of our financial resources. Maybe certain areas are, are asking us to take this thing that we know how to do, like a vulnerability wall at a conference, and like beg the question of, well, how would you use that tool to support people and be of service right now? So I think that's one of the key pieces also is even just listing out what, is all, what are all of the things that my company knows how to do? Or at a personal level, what are all of the things, what are all the things that we own? What are all of the, 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 the ways that we contribute to the world? And how might the world need those differently than the way I typically utilize them? That, those kinds of questions create opportunities for, for new awareness, new inquiry. And ultimately, I think one of the key pieces is if you think you've landed on something, you've got to put it into action that day because it will be gone very quickly in this sea of, of craziness. So, so even if it's not the right thing, just getting in the habit of putting things into action that you feel at that guttural level and testing them out and playing, that will naturally help uh, the evolution of whatever is meant to arise. Good value there with, with that share, Corey, and thank you for that, because I know a lot of people are sitting and wanting to take action, and maybe they don't know what they're supposed to be doing, or maybe they're, they're afraid to, but uh, absolutely the, the ready, fire, aim approach in this environment that we're all in makes a lot of sense. So thank you for sharing all that. Yeah, thank you for allowing me a place to explore it because I hadn't uh, entirely put it all into words yet. Well, there it is. <laughs> and wonderfully said. I, before we wrap, I, I do, you know, for those of you that haven't had the, the opportunity to listen to Corey's first interview, talk to us about conscious capitalism. We've, we've mentioned it by name a few times, but if people aren't familiar with it and all the good it's doing in the world, share a little bit about what that organization is and how it works. Sure. Uh, it was founded by um, John Mackey, uh, founder of Whole Foods, and and a number of other uh, CEOs uh, partnered with him early on, including Kip Tindall of the Container Store. Um, uh, it has grown to a, a community with, I think, 40 chapters around the world now, uh, due to national events and, and then a bunch of uh, chapter events throughout the year. And it's based on uh, four pillars which uh, ultimately lead to, you know, we, we want to uh, do no harm in the world. Uh, we want to be of service to all stakeholders with a, within a business so that everyone wins in an ecosystem as opposed to winners and losers. Uh, so it's built on uh, stakeholder orientation. How is everybody winning? Higher purpose. Does the company have some kind of purpose that drives its energy? Uh, conscious leadership and conscious culture. Ultimately, I, I think this is a, it's a movement um, that hasn't figured it all out yet by any means, because what is consciousness 
in general? What is consciousness in business? These are really profoundly deep questions. But it's a group of people who have come together over more than a decade now to, to answer those and to answer them along so many different lines of development. Like, what is it to be conscious as a communicator? What is it to be conscious with our benefits? What is it to be conscious with our agreements? Like, what's conscious law? What does that look like? Right? What is it to consciously sell a business? Like, all of these involve so much more thought and care and nurturing than traditional approaches to business. Certainly right now, during this time, uh, how do we ensure the sustainability of the organization without sacrificing our people to such an extent that we do severe damage to them? Like, this is a group of people who are thoughtfully asking these questions as opposed to um, uh, traditional business of the past many decades that is all profit-driven. Um, where everything is is shareholder orientation as opposed to stakeholder orientation. So, um, so it's a, it's a it's a really beautiful group of people um, who are all conscious in certain areas and in, and unconscious in many because there's just not enough time in the day to be conscious about it all. Um, but they're they're coming together asking those questions as they do business, intending to create companies that better the world while they also generate revenue so that they can con- continue to have an impact. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, uh, thanks for asking. No, it, it's such a fantastic organization. Corey, we, we are at time, and, and as was the case with our last call, this flew by and was filled with value. Thank you so much for coming on. I, as you know, and you remember from our last time, but I'm going to put you on the spot and have you say something different this time. I always end by asking my guest a single question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with today after hearing our conversation? Uh, the piece I'm sitting with is um, is extending ourselves grace right now. So being kind to ourselves, we're all having human experiences we've never we've never had before, probably at, at a compounding uh, ratio that that can be so overwhelming. Uh, we can be unkind in moments. Uh, we can be super judgmental in moments. You know, we can want to uh, come to blows with our spouse, like or our kids or our animals, like because we're cooped up together in different ways. Like all of that, uh, I, think, I think ultimately, the more we can extend kindness and grace to ourselves as we go through this, the more that we will also do so outwardly. It's, a, I think, a, a real key to getting through this in a way where we can feel good about who we were during this time. Beautifully said. Corey, you mentioned a couple links during the show. I just would love for you to repeat those here so people can get in, take advantage of those things. Of course, they can find us at roundtablecompanies.com. That purpose exercise is roundtablecompanies.com slash purpose. And uh, and the wall that we will be launching, uh, unitedbycovid.com. Unitedbycovid.com. And for those of you on your bike or chasing your kids around while you're listening to this, we got you covered. Everything Corey Blake will be available in the show notes for this page, as well as in the Daily Helping app available in Google Play and iTunes. Corey, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today. So much appreciated. It was really wonderful. Thank you, Dr. Richard. Appreciate your uh, creating a safe place to do so. Absolutely. And and I really want to thank each and every one of you as well who chose to listen to this episode. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go do something nice for somebody else today. I know we're all stuck in our homes. We can't get outside, but we have phones and internet and ways that we can reconnect with people that we haven't done so in a long time and tell them how much they mean to us. Post some of those great stories in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people 
are those that help others. 